these guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls. Oh, we got breaking news. Breaking news. And we're live, by the way. Judd Zolgad, the OG Wolves guy on Flagrant Howls. Phil Mackey. Uh, we tried to get Kyle Tige on, but as what always happens when the Wolves make a big trade, he is stepping foot on a plane. So he's uh, he's li- he literally sent me, I texted him the Shams tweet yep. of this Timberwolves trade that we'll get to. And he sends back a picture of him, like his feet literally walking onto a Delta plane for his waste management open weekend oh, God. in Phoenix. <laughs> That's going to be a forgotten weekend. So, yeah, so he'll, uh, you'll hear from him at some point, I'm sure. Uh, maybe a couple drinks in during his waste management weekend. But, yeah, we're live on the Scornoth YouTube channel here. Flagrant Howls, your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. And a name that you have heard a bajillion times over the past 12 months on our Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd scoop sessions with Doogie is finally a Timberwolf, Judd. The Detroit Pistons are sending Monte Morris to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Shake Milton, Troy Brown Jr., and a second-round pick. Plus, it looks like, according to Dane Moore, the Wolves are kicking in... Oh, no, the, the Wolves are taking on $800,000, so it's just kind of a, an accounting thing. But, uh, yeah, Monte Morris is here to help extend the, uh, the Timberwolves rotation for the next couple months. So this is um, your, your backup point guard then to Conley. I, I also think it's insurance just in case because of age and injury possibility, Conley gets hurt. So I, I like that. Here's my question though. Uh, with the trade deadline coming up at two o'clock central tomorrow, do you think that they are done now? Because, you know, there was an off chance that they, they were going to try to add two guys. This obviously is key edition one, but do you think that there could be, and I'm not, trying to imply it would be a huge blockbuster deal. But do you think yeah. there could be one more piece to the puzzle coming before we get to the deadline? It's a good question, Judd. I feel like... That's why I'm here. I feel like... I think... Well, I think the only way at this point... By the, so there, here's some of... Just I'll answer your question once I give you a couple pieces of information. So yep. the Wolves are $1.5 million under the luxury tax line. I don't think they want to go over the luxury tax line this year considering they have a bunch of luxury tax conundrum staring at them in the summer and Monte Morris's contract comes off the books after this season. He is an unrestricted free agent. So this was kind of the perfect, I mean, these are the types of guys we've been talking about. I mean, hell on flagrant house yesterday, we threw out like eight names of guys that are one and done. They'd be rent to players. They kind of fit into that eight or $9 million salary range where you could match with the spare parts that you aren't using in your rotation. So it would have to be a very specific type of contract, I think. But there's there's the buyout market that could be in play right. at some point. Uh, you could you could trade Kyle Anderson because you could match his salary with one of these other guys too, depending on how you feel about him. And I know there's a lot of Wolves fans after last night. He gets that technical foul, kind of a quick trigger by the official, but still, like, why are we getting a technical foul in a close game like that? Why why are you blowing a 22 point lead and right. and all that stuff? But you know, Kyle Anderson, when the when when he's off the court, the Wolves are seven points better per 100 possessions uh, than when he's on the court so far this year. So how do they feel about him leading up to the 2 o'clock trade deadline tomorrow? My gut says this is their move, and we'll mm-hmm. talk more about Monte Morris and 
I love this just to start with. Like, I think this is a great move. He's a name we've talked about with Doogie going back months and months. He was under Tim Connolly. He was a second round pick by the Nuggets and he stayed there for five years. He started playoff games for the Nuggets as recently as a couple seasons ago. Yep. Um, so if they don't do anything else, I think this was a good trade deadline for the Timberwolves. This is exactly what they needed. Someone to come in here and provide a spark for the second unit. A guy that can shoot. He's an efficient scorer. But it wouldn't shock me, too, if they were still having some phone conversations. I think the predicament is really in- intriguing. And we touched on this uh, Tuesday on the scoop with Dukes. And here's why. I think that a lot of us are, are like, this franchise has been garbage for so long. And now... I know that they're in a recent weird stretch of up, up and down and a bunch of blown leads, but the reality is they're a really good team. Um, and I think here it's like, okay, can they win a playoff series? Like if, and, and, you know, in some folks mind, it's going to be an accomplishment, but here's Phil, where I think it takes an interesting turn. If you're Tim Conley, this is really a season to pounce. Cause I don't think Tim Conley says, well, you know, long before I got here, this franchise was garbage um, I think that this is a buildup, but I think e- even more intriguing with these moves is this. You have, you're probably in the sweetest spot that you're ever going to be in to make a run roster construction wise right now. Like the off season might bring some hard decisions and you don't know what those are going to be. And the reality is that you are in what amounts to a four-way tie for first place in the Western conference. You have, despite the struggles, you also got off to a great start that, as you always say, you don't have to give back. And that great start was pretty damn legit. It wasn't like this. I don't think it was a total fluke by any means. So I think this deadline offers a really intriguing opportunity because while I'm sure there are some longtime Wolves fans were like, if we could get past the first round, that's great. I think internally, if you're Finch and Conley, you're also eyeballing this as a real opportunity, not just to win a series, but to actually make the playoff run that we've been talking about now that became very obvious after the fantastic start. It is kind of crazy. Like they're definitely not the favorites. And I haven't looked recently at the NBA playoff odds or finals odds. I mean, you're going to put regardless of record right now, Boston is a favorite out of the East. And I mean, if Joel Embiid can come back from the surgery here, the in-season surgery in the, in the East, you got a couple monster teams over there. I would still say, Denver, I mean, the the West runs through Denver as long as Jokic is playing at that level. Sure. The Clippers, I mean, a lot of people mock the Clippers. Man, they're just getting the old band back together, right? We're going we're gonna to try an- another team for James Harden to derail and Russell Westbrook, and we're going to try and figure this out. But they have, and they're a really good team. Yep. So there's definitely some teams, some powerhouses that you have to deal with, but they're they're punching in that mix. And... Like you said, like they don't have to give back the start. They're going through kind of a, a doldrums period right now. They've they've been one player short for a long time. It feels like they they got some good minutes out of Troy Brown Jr. earlier in the year, and he he I think single handedly helped them win a couple games. That Oklahoma City game at Target Center, like he's he's had some nice performances, but for whatever reason, he just kind of fell out of the rotation and fell out of favor. Shake Milton, I was pumped about that signing in the offseason. Some of the stuff he did with Philadelphia as just a spark plug off the bench, sure. but it just didn't click here. So because those two guys just like weren't meaningful parts of your rotation, you had to just lean on this second unit that couldn't score. And like basically this team, in terms of just guys that can get their own offense, it's two guys. 
it's two guys. And I'm not going to say Monte Morris is like going to be Anthony Edwards 2.0 here, but Monte Morris can at least knock down some open threes. He's going to get you maybe 12 or 15 points on a regular basis. I mean, right. Monte Morris over his last two playoff runs, and it's been a couple of years because he spent the last two years in Washington and Detroit. Right. He was starting most of the games and averaging 14 points a game in the playoffs. So it's it's like it's at least a little bit of punch and a guy that can, if the ball swings to him and he's open for three, like he shoots 40% career from three-point range. There were two situations in the Bulls loss, which was a bad loss last night. And Jim Pete commented at least once, if not both times, Ant drove to the rim and there were three Bulls jerseys around him. And he insisted on trying to, to score. And the first thought that occurred to me was exactly what you just said, which is, okay, ideally he kicks the ball out because as Jim Pete said, there are guys open. But the question becomes in that particular game, dependent on who's on the floor at the time, who do you kick the ball out to? Yeah, like, do you trust, trust them? It's all about trust. So if, if this is, if Morris is a guy that you can trust, then I think it becomes a much simpler decision to have the play decided of he's going to get the ball. Right. So, and, and that's the problem too, is there, there was a point. Um, I think it was, I think it might've been at the end of the fourth quarter against the bulls where Kyle Anderson came on the floor for defensive purposes in place of cat. Okay, if Kyle could score now, that would be, you know, it's not ideal, but it's absolutely fine, right? Mm -hmm. But you ain't going to trust him right now. I don't care how much Ant likes him personally. So, like, these are the things that I wonder if a move like this can put you in a position to win a playoff game late, which ultimately, when I watch these defeats, what occurs to me is, how does this translate to a playoff game? Yeah, and this is a guy that, I mean... At his best, before he got stuck with this right quad injury and this Detroit team that's historically bad, and then the the pit stop in Washington last year, you know, at his best, he's a guy that you're running out there 25 to 30 minutes. When you look at his shot chart for his career, like let's just take, let's just take his last three years in the NBA. His shot chart is pretty incredible. So he, his shots are, he's 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 very much a multi level scorer. Uh, about 40% of his shots are coming from three, but then everything else, like he's, he's a mid range scorer. He can get to the rim and he's, he's like six foot two, 180 pounds. He's not, you know, a freight train, mm -hmm. but he shoots the last few years, 74% inside the restricted area. He shoots 50% between th uh, three feet and 10 feet. 49% from the mid-range, 10 to 16 feet. 46% from long two range, 16 feet to the three-point line. And he shoots 38% from downtown. So, you know, the Wolves, God, the Wolves just have, like they have, rightfully so, they have focused so much on defense because when you have Rudy Gobert and he's your super max player, like you should, you should do what you can to put good defensive players out there. Right. Uh, but at... At times, the last few weeks, you're looking at some of these lineups, and it's like, you know, who's knocking down open shots? Who's creating offense? Who's preventing the other team from just sort of sagging down? And and that's the best part. If he can create some more spacing, Monte Morris, it'll help Carl Anthony Towns have open driving lanes, and it'll help Anthony Edwards. So 
just somebody that can make the defense have to account for a scorer. And um, that's what he is. Yeah. That's why spa- I love this. And spacing has, has become, I think, far too often now a talking point. Like the spacing last night in the second half, and this has been a continuing theme, especially in, in the games that they lost, what, to Charlotte and San Antonio. Yeah. The magic last Friday, this has become a problem. So, yeah, I think that this is, again, I think it's interesting that my guess is Conley and Finch aren't like, oh, boy, we're going to make the playoffs, right? We're going to make, I think that they're like, hell no. We're, we're going to make, we're going to make the playoffs, but we have enough to make a run of some sort. And so I, I love this because this is the type of trade a contender makes. Yep. Dude, here's the other thing, all right? The Timberwolves' biggest issue has been turnovers, right? I think that's fair to say. They just mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of guys that are trustworthy handling the basketball. Anthony Edwards could tighten up his hand a little bit too. It's like if Mike Conley's not handling the ball or Jordan McLaughlin, you're kind of like, God, who's, whose leg is this basketball going to bounce off of tonight? Uh, well, Monte Morris, one of his listed nicknames on Basketball Reference is the count of Monte assist to turnover ratio. Oh, I like it. He, in his career, averages 0.8 turnovers per game. 0.8 turnovers per game. And he's handling the ball. Like when he's out there, he's a higher usage player than, you know, some of the other guys that we're talking about on the Wolves. So. Uh, they're they're getting a guy that uh, has one of the best assisted turnover ratios in the entire league, and I'm sure that factored in there. Like they were looking at their checklist of what are the things that we're not that great at. Okay, spacing, turnovers. Mm-hmm. Jordan McLaughlin showed some some flashes, but it'd be great if he wasn't the primary backup point guard. If he was just like maybe the third guy in line, and there's some nights we don't need him. Yes, and we're also from a cap standpoint really up against it with contracts this summer. So ideally we'd like to fix those things without adding anything to our books beyond this season. And he's an expiring contract. So mm-hmm. he checks a lot of, a lot of boxes for this team. This team also can get foul happy sometimes. And uh, in his career, he averages 1.1 personal fouls per game. So yeah, there you go. Well, and you know, he's what 28 turns 29 in June. The thing too is any, maturity this team can get is appreciated yep. like conley's great he is mature yep. he is an adult on the floor uh but i mean one of the things that concerns me the most and i i think that that uh monte morris will help to stabilize this is when you watch this team phil when things start to go wrong there's too many guys who lose their bleep like right now yeah and and again come springtime that only picks up like when things start to, to go wrong in a playoff game, you better stay calm because yeah. you'll lose games. So anything that you can do to address that as well and have just a calming influence, a veteran guy who's got credibility as, as well, I think is huge because you see like Conley trying to calm guys down. Gobert tries at times. And it's just like they have too many guys who are really good players who who just start to melt down. So the more that you can surround that cast with veteran players who are savvy and smart enough to calm guys down, I think becomes incredibly important. Well, he's played in uh, forty eight career playoff games, so yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of experience. And Conley right knows there. to to your point, 
Tim Connolly knows exactly what what he what he is getting here as well, which helps. That's not going to be a surprise, at, yeah. you know, to him at all. Dude, and he, I think I'm at the point, I don't know where you're at. You tell me if you disagree on this, but it felt like for the first 10 to 12 months, okay, Tim Connolly arrives, he makes the Gobert trade, and then the Wolves were kind of a disaster for the first part of the season. Then they, But it, it felt like Tim Connolly made a huge mistake, and he's trying to dig his way out of this mistake with the Gobert trade. But then something funny happens after he makes the deal for Mike Conley and Nikhil Alexander-Walker trade. You know, he brought in Kyle Anderson also the same summer he brought in Gobert. A funny thing started to happen toward the end of the season and then filtering into this season, the Cat-Gobert pairing starts to work statistically. I think it's a, a plus 10 points per 100 possessions now. Like, they were a net negative when they were on the court together a year ago. Now they're a net positive. I saw a graphic on the screen, was it last night or two nights ago, the Mavericks were playing, I think it was last night, because the Mavericks were on uh, TNT. And Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic are like plus five and a half points per 100 possessions when they're on the court together. So for all the, you know, and I you know the Mavericks aren't exactly like a world beater in the NBA, but for all the talk about, yeah, this, you know, let's put Kyrie next to Luka. The Cat and Gobert pairing is twice as good per 100 possessions on a net rating standpoint than the Luka and Kyrie pairing. So it is working. And so if we can flip that, initially everyone graded that trade as a loss, right? Oh man, this is the worst trade in NBA history. This is the Herschel Walker trade. This is a big fat L for Tim Connolly. He like walks in the door and just takes this giant L and has to go, well, it's working. The Wolves have been the number one seed in the Western Conference for almost the entire season. Mm-hmm. He has nailed Almost every personnel move he's made. There's been a couple like Shake Milton was a whiff, but I trust him in this moment. Like I, th- I, I, I'm at the point now where oh, he just there was like seven different guys he could have traded for, and he identified this dude Monte Morris, and I think, I think it's the right move because Tim Connolly's the one making it. That's kind of where my mind's at. Well, and like you, you said too, it, it probably comes back to a little bit contractually as well. What what makes sense there? Because you're not going to basically tell. Uh, Glenn Taylor, hey, t- hey, guess what? I just lo- loaded us up right into the luxury tax. You know, your point on Cat, though, I find to be so in- intriguing because I think we both admit Cat can drive us crazy. There are times that he can drive you absolutely nuts. Um, but to separate that and to give him credit, too, when he got hurt last season in Washington and missed extensive time, that clearly screwed up the entire plan because he didn't have time to work with Gobert. Uh, Gobert came in banged up from his experience in international play with team France. So I think the whole thing was a lost year and we sort of didn't get that at the time, but once they, they had time to work together and to get on the same page and both are seemingly as healthy as they can possibly be that made a huge difference. And I wonder if Conley being a good basketball guy had sort of thought that or seen that. But when cat went down in Washington, I mean, what he missed 50 some odd games. So I think that screwed the entire plan up, but yeah, I look, I think the fact that they made this trade and I think the fact that there's a chance that they could make another trade before the two o'clock deadline and are going for it does speak to, a big picture view of you 
The winning window is open, but never assume it's just going to stay that way. Like when you're in, when you're in a special season, and yeah, there's been some frustrating defeats of late. But for the Timberwolves, this is an incredibly special season. I don't think you should ever say, "Well, we're not going to make that move because wait till next year." Phil, we've seen that in all sports. We've talked about this. Yeah, and it drives you crazy uh, because the assumption that you're going to have health a year from now. The assumption that Mike Conley will keep like there's just so many variables that change. So I always appreciate when executives look at a season like this and right or wrong, try and make moves as as long as here. Here's my one thing. As long as Monte Morris's health report has not come back like Tyler Malley's where he's, you know, his body's just uh, ripped up and the Wolves just took on a really bad injured player. I think stuff like this becomes very important to capitalize on opportunities. I do worry a little bit that the Pistons are like, uh, can we just get like two weeks ago? They're like, can we just get you out there to showcase you and see if you're alive? That might he's, be a legit concern. He's only been out there for like 10 minutes a game instead of the 25 or 30 that he would have been otherwise. And uh, his it's small sample size, but his three point shot has not come back since the injury. So it, you're not getting like the peak version of Monte Morris here. He's probably going to have to ramp up. Here's another nugget, by the way, from capsheet.com. So the Wolves remain below the luxury tax. They are $1.6 million below the tax with two open roster spots. And they have plenty of flexibility for a buyout player and have two weeks to sign a 14th player. So the buyout market is going to... So what's going to happen is if there's like, you know, there's Kyle Lowry and these... I don't now that they've landed Monte Morris. I, I don't say, think Kyle Lowry's an option, but yeah. there could be some dudes out there. Uh, Gordon Hayward, whoever. There's probably five or six names. Once the trade deadline passes and teams can't find a partner for like a thirty million dollar player, they could reach a buyout, and the Wolves are one of the teams that could strike and add a player that way too. So I could definitely see that being the case. McDermott, I don't maybe? think they're trading Kyle Anderson. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I. I agree because of, of this. I don't, and I know that he struggled, and I know that he looks like a shell of the guy that we saw last season. But I agree with you because I don't think you're going to screw up your locker room chemistry on purpose at this point. Yeah, and as much as fans are, are frustrated with him, people, I think people in the locker room love Kyle Anderson. Yeah, and he's he's definitely. I, I know I know fans are like at an all time sort of like fed up. They have they're fed up with him right now because right. he's just he's not he's not contributing offensively. He's been kind of a turnover machine. But I also wonder, dude, like that second unit has just not had the right fit and chemistry on the court. Does Monte Morris help things slide into place a little bit easier? And now all of a sudden other guys start playing better because there's just a better puzzle piece on the court. I just think on slow-mo, if you didn't have to factor in personalities and allegiances he's probably gone right but this timberwolves team is already sort of fragile at least it's got players that are fragile so are you really going to subtract a key locker room piece to me that seems dangerous because if that goes sideways it could cause problems yeah yep It'll be a really, we can probably wrap this because we'll have plenty more tomorrow we'll get doogie in for a scoop session um but this, I think this is probably the last move until the buyout deadline, but we'll see. We'll see. Perfect world. Who gets bought out 
in your mind and who can the wolf or who do the wolves pursue? Oh boy. Dougie buckets. Doug McDermott would be a blast. Can shoot. Can't he's not going to can shoot. Yeah. He's not going to be playing a whole lot of defense. Probably Dougie, Dougie McBuck. Knocked out some shots for you. I love those guys. Just, just like 15 minutes a Sharp night, shooters. just six, three pointers made. Like Total he's the type of player. dude that could just win a playoff game for you. You know? Yep. DH, right? Like he's basically mm-hmm. won't play defense, but to your point, he's going to come in for 15 and he's just going to jack up threes and most there. of them go in. Yeah. I love those guys. Yeah. I think you're, you're probably right. Doug McDermott, you know, Chris Paul was interesting for a while for me, but again, he's a point guard and the war, yeah. the warriors are going to probably try and keep pushing forward. But, um, Dougie McBuckets on the okay. buyout market. Just we'll go with that one. By the way, uh, could you shout out for us? Yeah. If the audience is looking to get in basketball shape and maybe lose some weight, all right, get back to their old playing weight back in college, who should they turn to, Judd? Well, there's only one place to turn if that is what you're trying to do, and that's our friends at Livia Weight Control Centers who helped me uh, drop 40 pounds a couple of years ago. And here's the best part. They're not only going to help you drop the weight, they're going to help you keep the weight off. And if you join now, you are going to get, you talk about a deal, you're going to get the first three months for free. That's right, three months for free. So... You're going to start the program, drop weight, be looking great, be feeling great, clothes are fitting, and it's for free. And you're only getting started on a weight loss program that I can tell you right now from firsthand experience works. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. If you're looking to get in shape to feel good, Livia is your ticket. Also, our friends at First Equity are helping to power flagrant howls this season. And a few years ago, I had an amazing experience refinancing my home at the time with David over at First Equity. So David is a longtime 20-year season ticket holder for Timberwolves and Lynx games. So you probably see him roaming around. He's got some nice seats, all right? He's got some nice seats. I've seen David's seats. Courtside? I don't think he's like feet on the floor, but like pro- may- maybe pretty Program close. guy? Back in the day? Bill yeah. Bill Blaze? Bill uh, Lawyer Bill. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't know if he's like crouching on the court with a program, but he's Coach pretty, pretty good seats. Nice. So uh, First Equity is Minnesota-based, 24 years in the market. They pride themselves on treating every customer as a friend and neighbor, supporting the community. They work fast. They have a great reputation. And uh, you can get the same experience that I got a few years ago. You know you're getting a great experience with First Equity Mortgage. FEMort.com is the website. FEMort.com. Or scorenorth.com, keyword David. Just trying to find some other little nuggets here before we wrap here. But there are some people, plugged in people, speculating that they might still be sniffing around with a secondary move of some kind. Like a shooter, potentially. Yeah, I mean, you're right about Doug McDermott. That would be... That would be a fun... I just love those 15 guys. minutes a night to inject in I there, love those you guys because you know what you're going to get. And there's and there's going to be games if you can make that happen through the buyout market, you could keep Kyle Anderson and maybe part of this exercise is just limiting how much you need to play Kyle. Like there might be nights where you know what, it's just not working out for Kyle tonight, or the matchup is not right, and so tonight's a Dougie McBuckets night instead, or you know tonight's a a seven minutes of Kyle Anderson night instead of a twenty two minutes or a twenty five minutes. I would love to see Ant at times late in games. On- on the floor with a guy that's not Towns, um, like Dougie Buckets, who he can kick the ball out to, and he's going to shoot, 
and you're pretty damn sure he's going to make it. Mm-hmm. Yep, somebody that would be... Talk about spacing there. That would help with spacing a lot. Yep, somebody who's a little more trustworthy there. Can't collapse on Ant as much, if that's the case either, can you? No. Opening things up for both mm-hmm. Ant and Cat to get that. to the rim more often. A oh, couple of great it. basketball coaches right here. Inject it. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep you guys abreast. We'll get Doogie on for a scoop session tomorrow, and uh, we'll see if... <laughs> We'll see if Kyle has any thoughts once he lands in Phoenix for the waste management open. He <laughs> yeah, sends his sure regards. His thought will be, get me another beer. <laughs> I'm on the ground now. I just drank four in the air. Uh, if you guys could, hey, thanks for hanging out with us here live on the Scornorth YouTube channel. Click the like button and the subscribe button on the Scornorth YouTube channel. And on the audio side, give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so we can keep spreading the word about everyone's favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast flagrant howls